Yeah, because they invited, if I remember correctly, every kid in the class. So if there's right. 20 that, kids invited, I think that's 19. the difference. And so a lot of times I don't invite every kid in the class just for that. I know the kids that I want to invite out of Sophie's class or out of Ollie's class, and those are the ones that get the invite. Those are but the that, ones that okay. I have their number in their in my phone because the kids have played outside of school. Those are the ones that get invited to their parties. And that's what's so crazy. Guess what you just did? What? Every kid you didn't invite, you discriminated against. For- I didn't discriminate. I excluded. There's a difference. What up, what up, what up, what up is Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop-style podcast. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg, joined my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, he can do what it do. I've seen some crazy things in sports. Um, I remember, Ferg, when your coach, uh, Jimmy Johnson, was uh, fired after winning two Super Bowls. Yeah. Back to back. I've seen also with that same team, you guys pretty much have a victory in hand. And then Leon let, I guess, didn't know the rules and touched a block field goal and allowed uh, Miami. another team to recover. Miami. Yeah. Yep. And win. Well, I've seen some even crazier than both of that now. Um, Mario Cristobal, the, co- the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. His team is up 20 to 17 with 33 seconds to go. Uh-huh. All, all he has to do is victory formation, kneel, and get out of there with a victory. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? Run the Run ball. <laughs> go fumble. Go through the light, Trey. <laughs> Georgia Tech recovers, gets on offense. So, so what do we, Bam, hold on. touchdown. But, oh, God, man, you, you, jump, you jump the gun because they fumble. Okay. All is yeah. not lost. Because what? Right. We're still winning. There's only 26 seconds left in the game. And they were on the other side of the field. Yes. So, yes. you know. They gave up all two is big not pass lost. plays. It, you know, I, I'm not a fan of knee-jerk reactions. But if they were to fire him, I wouldn't be like, oh, I, I just would be like, I get it. <laughs> they they were ranked they were ranked number seventeen. Oh, they were undefeated, get, right? Uh huh. Undefeated, uh-huh. ranked number seventeen. They played North Carolina this weekend coming up, who's ranked number ten. Mm-hmm. So that would a victory there moves them up even further. And now I, I think they were twenty five now or twenty something like that. But it was terrible to see. It was terrible to witness, man. I, I I'm still in disbelief, man. But that was pretty. Pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't even. I couldn't even. Yeah, I can't even explain it. You know, I mean, there was. I want to say thirty six seconds left. Mm-hmm. Under forty, right? Um, they snapped the ball about five, six seconds left on the play clock. They got a. Hell, they would have bled the play clock a little more yeah. before they snapped the ball. Uh, Georgia Tech wouldn't have got that last playoff, but no, nah, we you know we're just gonna run this 
And apparently his philosophy is because they haven't gone to victory formation at all this season. They they they've done this every game. The difference is this they've never done it during a one score game. And this game was, you know, within one score. Well, his philosophy I hear is he doesn't do that because he never wants his team to ever quit or think it's over. I think the philosophy needs to change a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's over the, once you kneel. Well, I mean, I mean, it's not like Georgia Tech didn't have timeouts. <laughs> they did not they have, have timeouts. <laughs> they had to clock the ball after one of their big games. They had to run up and clock the ball. Ten seconds left. They, they didn't. They didn't. Um, <laughs> have timeouts um yeah and I mean the when that boy got beat deep I mean it was like nobody around him for like five to eight yards yeah that was bad well you know that, that, that was yeah. blown coverage that wasn't just getting yeah. beat like yeah that was it, blown it was coverage it would, and they, he left him one second left so you know never give up right so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to live. You got to live your creed, sir. You, you got to, you know, your message. All righty, what else you got, Buff? That's all. That's all I got, man. I, I think that was crazy enough. <laughs> I mean, what do you got, Rising? Because there's a lot of craziness going on out in these streets. It definitely uh, is. I want before we get into the craziness, I want to say uh, shout out to you, Buff, for uh, that Red Rooster re- recommendation. We we hit New York and. I was asking for restaurant recommendations. Buff recommended this uh, spot. I think it's only been open for about four or five years. It's pretty new. Called Red Rooster. Right next to Sylvia's. Everybody knows Sylvia's. Uh, We were actually going to go to Sylvia's, but uh, decided to do Red Rooster. Perfect, man. It was so good. Uh, So the the staff was great. Uh, The vibe was great. Like It it was just a really cool spot. and on top of that Haley really enjoyed her trip man um New York was great her first time she was able to kind of experience and be touristy and actually it was fun for me because I've been so many times that I I I don't look at it like being a tourist it's rare that I go there and like I'm gonna do touristy things like her being excited to ride the subway was just like foreign to me but it was kind of cool that she was like super excited about that and everything we did the 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 boat tour around the Statue of Liberty and everything like that. I was able to kind of show them a little bit of flex and and how I can move in spaces because um, we had booked the trip and we got there right at three o'clock, but they said it was full the three o'clock um like tour, and so they were trying to make us wait until five. So I went over to the the little buddy and was like, "Yo, uh, how much is it gonna cost me to make these whites only pies some nigga pies?" and um. And he understood instantly and uh, <laughs> dropped him a 20 and we were able to get on the three o'clock tour. I didn't have to wait the two hours. So, um, yeah, man, it was just it was a good trip all together, man. Really enjoyed it. Got back tired as I don't know what. But uh, obviously, while I was gone. It, it, Palestine decided to invade Israel. And no, it's not Palestine. Hamas. Hamas, we'll say that Hamas, Hamas. Uh, and and that's I careful. think what I really wanted to kind of talk about was that is that and I was kind of g- gonna kind of go there is that a lot of people are saying it's Palestine versus Israel and it's not it's Hamas, but Israel retaliated against Palestine and they are doing a lot 
uh, to go against Palestine. Uh, and I don't know, I've seen people on both sides of the story. You know, as America, the country, we're always standing behind Israel uh, in that. And uh, But I will say that there's very good people on both sides of this story. To, to just uh, use our, our, our President Trump on this, um, Hamas is bad, but that doesn't mean that they didn't give Israel the right to just go in and, and bomb, kill innocents and things like that in Palestine. So this is going to be, this is a nasty one, man. And I'm really, really scared putting my senior military advisor hat on. Um, you know, this can really cause a world war. We talked about this with North Korea when we were kind of into it with them. We talked about it with China. This is another one of those powder keg moments where, you know, you can have a lot of the Middle East. There's a lot of countries that back Palestine. There's a lot that back Israel. And Iran. so as it, yeah, as it escalates, it, it can get pretty nasty. So I'm, I'm kind of worried about this one, man. How but, do you think that affects the political landscape today with it being election season? We're coming up. <clears throat> it puts pressure on the house. It, it puts pressure on the house to, uh, pick a speaker. The Republicans nominated uh, Scalise earlier today as we record on Wednesday. Um, it's still unclear if he has the 217 votes he needs, but I think it does because I, I feel like they probably would have dragged this out a little longer than they will wound up uh, dragging it out. But I think because of what's going on over in uh, Israel and Palestine, that they will, they may go a couple of rounds of voting, but I don't see it going like 15 rounds like it did with McCarthy. I have it went with that. Why is it important to have a speaker? They, the House cannot do any business whatsoever without a speaker of the House. So they can't mm-hmm. even, they can't even vote to for money to even help out with Israel and, and things like that. Yeah. We still they can't got put Ukraine sanctions on anybody. They can't, yeah, yeah, yeah like all that. Yep. Um, this was an intelligence fail- failure too. Like, yep. we we had a we had a we had a U.S. senator over there in Israel. We had Cory Booker was there when the attack happened. We had no clue whatsoever that this was going to happen. So it was an intelligence failure. Not just on our and part. Right. But Israel is kind of yeah, like the like one of the gold standards for like intelligence and border control yep. and all that stuff. So it it was the whole thing was a uh, a surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, um, do uh, do we give a good recap on what happened with Israel and Palestine? I mean, other than it happened, like I said, I'm just com- getting back to reality and trying to catch up. So I, Hamas, I don't know exactly. Hamas sent um, missiles over in Israel. They paraglided into uh, Israel, killed uh, the stories I'm reading and seeing. They killed babies, wives. Fathers, you know, people that had nothing to do with as far as the military. They beheaded babies. They raped women. Um, they pretty much did every unimaginable thing you can think of when it comes to like war crimes and, and things like that that go acts that go beyond war. Uh terroristic things. You yeah, know, people and, call them a terrorist group. And so. they mm-hmm. and at, I think they Last time I heard, I think the kill count was over like 1,200, 1,300 people mm-hmm, died. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they I forget, I forget a, how many uh, Americans are in that too. It's yeah, like we're in the twenties or yeah. something. Like that. And yep. they've kidnapped, I think they said over a hundred people and took them yeah. back to Gaza. And um, 
It's so everybody's lying too. Uh, Rising City fears World War. Uh, you got Iran saying, "Hey, we didn't have anything to do with that." And Hamas is like, no, "No, Iran didn't help us." And America is like, "We don't think Iran helped them." So everybody is like, "Cause we're trying to keep the peace as many countries out of this as possible." Because once it is Iran, it, it, it can get out of hand very quickly. Yeah, yep. um, and the political landscape in Israel. Israel's always been like a political hotbed like there's so many like they're unlike America there's not really two political parties so it's a lot of it's a lot of moving pieces over there and um, I will say they're pretty politically educated if you ever talk to anybody from Israel like when it comes to politics they, a lot of them are really in the know because it's, it's such it's, for one it's you know how a lot of times over here we say like the poli- for a lot of people don't feel like the politics or national politics affects them their day to day, right? Yeah. Uh, your taxes, yeah, because you might... because because they're centrally located to so many different things. Geopolitics makes a difference, right? Ge- geography there. So when they make a political shift or anything or decision, it it really affects them because as you can see, they piss off the wrong person, they get invaded, and you know a thousand people die uh, because of it. So it, it matters for their day to day lives. So I think it's only proper to take a moment right now and to have a, uh, you know, a moment of silence for all the lives that were lost, especially the innocent, you know, on both sides. Uh, Razi said it, I mean, kind of taking tongue in cheek, but at the same time, it's, you know, they are, they are, they are good people and bad people on both sides. And then there are, there's innocence on both sides. That's really what I'm yeah, that's really what I'm yeah. talking about. Is there yeah, innocence, innocence dying on, on, both on, sides. on both sides. So being in a having been in a war environment and seeing innocent people fear for their lives on a daily basis, um, it's just it's 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 different. So let's just have a moment of silence for those people and we'll keep the party going. Well, all right, then. Um, thank you for that. Anything else you wanted to bring to the table, Razi? Uh, just, just to brighten things up a little bit. I don't know if you guys like Guitar Hero at all growing up or, you know, in, in your in your mm. 20s. But um, I played a lot of Guitar Hero and Activision is teasing that they're going to bring that back. So how know. different can I mean, do you, can they really? I guess they can change the game. It's just different songs and stuff like that. Just different uh, songs, right? That's really all that matters. You get some new songs, um, you know, and and yeah. right, they don't have Guitar Hero for the current gen systems. Like you can't play them on current gen systems. So yeah. unless you have a PS4 or Xbox One, you can't play Guitar Hero anymore. So I think that's the biggest thing is being able to get new, uh, updated game, updated hardware. So and then like the newer songs that are out, being able to play those, um, it, it's just I mean, Guitar Hero is just awesome. It's fun to play anyway. Uh, and so yeah. you know, it, it it's kind of people are really excited about it. Uh, that you know, it may be coming back. You excited, Buff? Nah. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play Guitar Hero, man? Nah. No, I'm telling you, you play it one good time, man. You you'll you'll really enjoy it. It's fun. Yeah, I've I was addicted one Christmas break, uh, years years ago. Uh, yep. We were still in Tomville back then. Um, 
So with that being said, first of all, I want to say thank you, Rosie, for your recommendation. Speaking, you know, we talked Uh-oh, about Swagger. Buff. Swagger. I've only, I think, three episodes in, but it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, watch the first episode of Loki. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on. I'm on Swagger. First episode of Loki. I I hope it gets better. Yeah, it, <laughs> it just was. It was a lot. Yeah, it's just like yeah. what now? Do I need to go back and watch last season? Because yeah, it's, 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 it's just it's it's a lot. Um, yeah, they um they Feige has actually taken notice of that. Um, and like he went. You, you guys know they're rebooting uh, Daredevil as well. Uh, they've shot five episodes he went back in scrapped it and fired their writers uh and he's bringing in an actual showrunner the thing about marvel is they don't hire showrunners the executives act as the showrunners for all their shows and so there's not these complicated storylines a lot of times unless the director weaves them in because the executives don't really think like a showrunner like a television person does they think in movies and so what he's doing is he's going back and saying he's got to do something with Marvel TV because it, it just hasn't been good lately. Uh, Secret Invasion was kind of meh. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't like Miss um, Marvel. So and and She-Hulk fell flat as well. So the last m- amount of their shows just have not been that great. Uh, and so he saw those first few from Daredevil and he's like, this should be pretty easy slam dunk. It's coming off of Netflix, so he fired them. So I, I think that's what's happening with Loki too. Is just that they're not really thinking like a television show, and they're trying to do things in post production that really should be done. You know, as you're writing, as you're going through, as you're filming, um, you just can't do it like you do a, a movie. It's funny you say that because when you mentioned Secret Invasion, I'm like, I don't know if I've seen that. Uh, I had to go back the whole time you we were talking. I'm like, it sounds familiar. You know, um, I'm like, for a second, I'm thinking about what if I'm like, no, it wasn't the cartoon. It's like, oh, the F- yeah, Nick the Samuel Fury Jackson. Yeah, 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 Nick Fury. Yep. Yeah, that was horrible. You know, at first, <laughs> I mean, no, you gave it credit at one point. You were liking it. And then the, the first like few it. episodes were pretty good. And then it just kind of it got muddled. It's like, what? What happened? I don't even remember how it ended. You know, um, I don't know if he pressed the button and freaking um, Captain Marvel's will be coming. I, I'm just, I'm at this point, I'm just confused. Um, I don't know if the Thanos snap happened. I, I'm just, I'm at, I'm just I'm perturbed. Uh, Rizzy, I mean, uh, good news. What's that? What's that? Uh, Jada Pickett Smith might be on the back on the market soon. How you feel about that? Yeah, uh, she's a little toxic. Um, I don't know if I, hmm. I could. I don't know if I, I could do that. You, um, I'm gonna leave that for August call, Alstina. I don't know if you can call women toxic these days, bro. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is. I don't know about everybody else, <laughs> but she definitely is, bro. Like it. I think I put it in our chat, man. I I really think Will Smith is in on all of this. Um. And they're trying to milk the publicity of it all. Uh, you think and he is? He, yeah, I, I think he knows what's happening with all these releases and all of that. I they, They've been separated for, she said, seven years. So that means that when all of these things were happening, 
they really were separated. When the entanglement happened, he he knew that she was it wasn't her cheating on him, so he couldn't have been hurt because they were separated at the time. So like you know all of these things. Yeah, I don't think it was the entanglement that hurt him. I think he knew. We all knew. Like even when he did the interview, it wasn't like we knew. I think the way she related, like it's I, I don't. Man, I, I could be naive. I don't think he's in on it. I think there's certain things he knows, but then he's, I think he's always caught off guard on her, her actions. Okay. You, you had your little thing, da, 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 da. And I felt like she was like, I was never fulfilled. Like she was just th- coming, come on my show. Let's talk about it. Then you threw me under the bus. Yeah. You know, um, but he, but he had a chance to leave then yeah. and didn't. I mean, he was, they were separated, oh, but he goes and slaps Chris he, Rock he doesn't. over, over that. Right. Like that, there's things that I feel like he's he's using her just okay. as much as she's using him to stay relevant. Um and so I I feel he like what's gonna happen is the biggest movie star in the world. Hey, what he, he has started falling off. Like Will Will hasn't made a, a big blockbuster in a while. Like, think about it. When what was his last blockbuster? You you think uh being in the public going through this equates to having a blockbuster? No, I'm saying it, in, it keeps I, him relevant. I don't think I, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm saying is it keeps, keep, it keeps it him keep in, it. The, in, the, think, in the conversation. He's lost more stock in the last three years, three, four years, than he's ever... He could just be nobody. He can walk around. Like, Denzel just comes out every blue moon, does an equalizer, and goes back, you know, to doing his thing. Like, Will... Will doesn't have to prove it. Will could have went five, ten years without making a movie, and he's still, you know, TMZ. If he went out and jet skied in freaking Malibu, Will Smith jet skis in Malibu. Like he does not, he did not need any publicity. She's the only person that needs to stay relevant because she, it, you know, let's be honest, out of her whole family, she, you know, and it's, it's not even like trying to knock her. She's probably the most irrelevant. Like her kids just being them and who they are got a lot of attention, both good and bad, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but you kind of expect that from Willow and Jaden Jada, you know, I mean, she, she wouldn't got a talk show to talk to people every day and all this stuff. So I don't know. I, I just, I don't think Will's in on it. It's just, I think he's on that. Just let's keep the party going. We're okay with this. How do you, how do you mess this up? We've been separated for seven years. How do you mess this up? <laughs> you know, oh, I'm announced the the release of me cheating on you. Didn't have to happen. Yeah, for her book, her book is about to drop, and so she announces that, and that, and, that, and that's that's why I mean, I think Will knows what's his happening. Book, when his it's book coming. dropped. He dropped the book what four years ago, three years ago. I think it was like three, three, three. right after the entanglement, yeah. the stuff, and he didn't mention any of it. He, he didn't, didn't mention they were, but they were. They but were it it kind of came out around the time that his book dropped. I think. I don't think I, that's true. I don't think that's true. But, and he, um, they were separated four years prior to that, and he did not mention any of that. Jada is okay. What well, if you want to bump for Jada? It's cool. Yeah, no, I'm not. Keep, no, I no, said no, no, she's toxic. I'm not so, saying so, that. Sophia Vail, what I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to talk to you I, what I'm saying is, and I, I can, I, I will roll with you guys. I, I don't know if Will knows exactly what she's playing or whatever. I, I do think Will knows the general what's going to happen. 
Um, and and I, I I think it's it's all kind of this is the conspiracy theorist in me. I do think that he knows what's happening with all this. I don't I don't think he's getting caught off guard with this stuff. I mean, I don't I'm not gonna say he's always caught off guard. I'm just I don't think he has any of the planning in it. Like it's like there's nothing in it for him. Oh the, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't I don't think that. I don't think he I don't think he's like, yeah, do it right now because that'll help this. No, I but no, I, I don't think I don't I, think he's getting caught off guard with this stuff. I really do think Jada is using it to to do whatever she needs to do, right? Oh, I'm gonna drop this, then I'm gonna get red table talk. I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna sell my book. I, I, I do think that's happening. It's her plan. But I think we we watch the boys and what happens with that and everything. It's like they all know what's about to happen, and and they I I feel like they she clears it with him before she goes out and does this stuff. I I don't think she clears anything. Nothing about her makes me think she clears. She might tell him <laughs> she's about well, to do yeah. this, but yeah. nothing okay. about Jada <laughs> makes me say like, well, no, let's wait another two years. <laughs> oh, you thought I was asking? Um, <laughs> but enough about her. Hey, Will. This is Ferg. This is your boy Ferg. There's a couple of uh, heavy hitters out there. Sanaa Lathan single. Tia Maori single. Freaking Mia uh-uh. um, <laughs> Long single. I'm not saying they're great, but they are better than Jada. And that slap was not to protect black women or her. It was his ego? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was never about her. Yeah, especially now, knowing that they were already separated. It it was the it was the dude saying "f your boyfriend" in front of me, type thing. It's like he he felt disrespected because he was saying it right there in front of him and stuff like that. I I, I can definitely agree with that. All right, well let's uh let's get into it. Is Sophie here? Uh, she's, she's not feeling well, but let me see. Let me see if she um wants uh, to no, kind of talk. No, let Sophie go to sleep. Oh well, yeah. okay. I All mean, right. well, she might still want to do it. She said, uh, "Come check with her." So she thought okay. she might want to still get up. Let me check. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great. Filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Nah, she's already asleep, man. So I'll let you know it's 820 and she's she knocked out. Well, that's what's up. <sighs> I mean, do you wanna do a joke? Let me see. Let me let me dig in the old bag of tricks. Let me see what I got up in here. I might have one or two. Okay, I got one. I got one. Why did the dude get fired for making plastic Draculas? He was only one of two per- people on the line, so he had to make every second one count. 
Get it? Get it? Count? Dracula? No? Alright, so, uh, who's up first? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I can go first, but I feel like it's one of y'all turns to go first. I think but I went first I last want, week, so. I don't want to go first. You don't want to follow okay. me? I know it's, it's a hard act to follow for Um, so <laughs> I I want y'all to take your time with this one. So, uh, may take a minute or two to think about this one. or not. But I want to know because we discuss a lot of big topics on this show, a, a lot of different big topics. What is the last major issue that you've changed your mind on? Changed your opinion on? It could have been 10 years ago, 15 years ago, last week, but something that you really felt strongly about for for years upon your life. And then at some point, whether it's like experience or just aging, you're like, you know what? Mm, I, I changed my mind on that. Um, it's a hard one. I'm setting my ways, man. Uh, but I will say I've softened. I, I won't say I've changed my mind, but I, I will kind of say I've softened my opinion on having separate accounts. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember we talked about finances uh, and combining finances and relationships and everything. And I was a huge proponent of having joint accounts, right? Like, hey, your money, my money, our money is our money. It goes in the same spot, that type of thing. Um, I've really softened. A, a good bit on that um just having really close women in my life go through having joint accounts and being wiped out before the divorce a uh, couple different women in 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 that I've known and so I've really softened to where you have money but, I, I guess it's to the point where I say you don't hide money. That's that's more so what it is. I'm okay with having separate accounts where, hey, you've got an account and I'm the pay on death beneficiary and I've got an account and you're the pay on death beneficiary, but it's it's your account, my account thing. Um, as long as we have access, I, I can I, I know what you got. You're not hiding money from me. You're not putting money over there You know, uh, before your check hits our joint account or something like that, and I don't know what's going over there. Um, as long as you're open about what's in that account or, or what goes in that account and, and we know where the money, where our money is going, I'm a little softer on that than just saying, hey, our money's got to be combined and it needs to be a joint account because as soon as somebody makes a decision to leave, they can go wipe that account out and there's nothing that a banker can do. You literally have to sue to get that money back and it could eat up almost all the money that you're trying to get back based on, you know, if they want to fight it and if you got to do forensic accounting and all that stuff, it just sucks for a man or a woman, right? Either one of them. Cause I've seen women do it too. Uh, uh, being in banking, I've seen women do the same thing, right? Oh, he cheated on me. So I'm going to go clean the account out and then I'm going to leave. 
right and and now the guy doesn't have anything or you know the vice versa that type of thing so I, i've seen it on both sides uh from the banking perspective uh, but it just really hit home because it was like folks that were kind of close to me that it, it happened to and so i've really softened on that one where just um i i see the reasoning i see why um, you can say, oh, I don't want to set myself up and I don't want to make it seem like I'm preparing for somebody to leave and everything like that. But I, I think there is that little bit of, hey, I do have to protect myself just in case something crazy happens. Uh, and so if I want to put 10,000, 15,000 in a separate account that I only I can get to, and at least I got that or a percentage of what we have in savings is only yours, only mine type thing, whatever you guys decide. But I, I just think we just need to have a conversation about it and know what's happening. So we're not hiding. Uh, and I think that kind of still toes the line of what I, what I initially thought. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. Mine may or may, it's probably not going to be a popular opinion, but it comes from a good place. Um, because I mentor and because I I look at more studies on the importance of fathers and strong male role models in rearing rearing kids, I I have I've changed my thought that men are the value of a strong man role model in a child's life has definitely increased because so many of us were raised by women and we turned out great, right? You turned out to be a great person, you know, um, our, especially in our black community. So many of our, our mothers and aunts, you know, raise kids on their own, but just seeing it firsthand, the difference in how a lot of men, uh, interact with these kids or the I don't want to say the gender roles but I think the the life lessons we learned usually have us instill more a different set of guidelines or our focus is different than what I see a lot of women like I talk to a lot of my moms all all the times when I talk to them about their sons and I always I see them catering to these boys so much And I always say, hey, you know, nobody's going to love your son like you do. I get that. I will never cater to him the way you cater to him. I'm here to more guide than cater, you know, and I I, and when I see some of the things like when myself or one of my my um, team members sits down and talks to the boy, you see a whole different reaction than you did when he talked he's talking to his mom or one of the women you see the difference the level of respect you see the uh the change in him and then then hearing the feedback from these mothers you know a lot of times we don't even sometimes we don't even see it they see it before we see it like he's different because of you he the reason i brought him here is that he's needed it is not saying these moms are can't or haven't raise great young men but there's a especially when it comes to young men there's a certain amount of this you know um i know you hear like well women can't raise men they can raise them they can raise them um 
but I think women, our women have done a great job of raising great people, but good and positive men can help mold them into better men because there's things that, you know, no matter how understanding the average woman is, is most will never understand. Just like there's things that men will never understand about what it is to be a woman. And how they have to navigate the world and things we take for granted. And it's just. And it's not a battle. It's just, man, if you can, if you can add that. And now you see studies saying that. Homes where kids have. Both parents. Single mother and single father, if you rank where these kids finish. Unfortunately, those single mother households generally fall at the bottom of that 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 ranking of of where the kids go. And they're saying that, you know, there's a certain things that the men are instilling. And it's once again, it's not a knock on women, but there's certain things that the men are able to instill that is just different. And I just think about the role my stepdad played in my life as far as some of the the guidance and the discipline that he, he instilled versus, you know, as, as loving as my mom is, she was never very, um, emotional or everything like that, but she still was there. Always got the love, but there was a difference. Like when I think about some of my care, certain characteristics that were instilled versus others, and it's not an exact science, you know, you, there's plenty of people like my mom did it all. Yada, 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 yada. I turned out great. Awesome. Awesome. I'm just saying with the studies showing what I see quite often and what the parents are telling me they're experiencing the difference they've seen in their sons. So probably going to get some flack on that might get canceled. Who knows? Um, but like I said, it's, n- it's not a knock on mothers. It's if to all the women who are raising men, if you can pair them with a good group of men, please do. Um, I I think you'll see the difference. Yeah, I'll, I'll very good. Definitely, uh, yeah. Good piggyback answers. on that because I mean it, it's vice versa in you know my situation, and I'm really so thankful for Haley for being that exact thing for Sophie, right? Like she gets that feminine energy. Like, hey, when I say hey, let's just go to Walmart and grab these uh, tights and these this stuff, and Haley's like, no. We're going to get her these cute things and this, that, and other. And, and, and it, I can tell the difference. And like Sophie really is like, yeah, I want to do that. Right. Versus me just like, look, just put some clothes on and let's go. And so just, just that. Right. Um, it, it's, it's just it, it is. It's a different energy that you get from that that other gender. And I, I definitely agree on that one. Having that influence there. Uh, so like you say, and I always talk about, yes, I can raise Sophie raise a young woman but at the same time I need help to be able to raise her to be a well-rounded woman uh she just she does she needs that feminine energy that I'm not gonna give to her yeah um for a long long time I was uh I was against abortion um I remember being here with a friend of mine and his wife and and Tabitha and we were having a discussion and I didn't know it at the time I 
really felt like a jerk after I found out. Because at the time, she actually had had an abortion before. Uh, so that's why I'm not going to use any names, by the way. But she had an abortion before. But I didn't know that at the time. And in the heat of the bait, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was in it. And um, she was like, you know, well, what, ha- what, if, uh, what if a woman is like in school or something like that or it, it inconveniences her and I'm like oh oh so we saying it's okay to kill babies because it might inconvenience you what is that wow. I was going in I was going in um, but as I've um, over the years like nothing nothing major happened to where like maybe say oh man let me change my mind it's just over the time it's like you know I'm not the one that has to carry it um I'm not the one that whose body is going to go through all of those changes and things like that. I was always against it. I was always like my exceptions were always, you know, for rape, uh, a threat to a mother's health. I always had those exceptions built in. But other than that, I was against it. But over time, you know, it's just like, you know, I don't have any skin in the game. So it's 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 a little I don't know. It's a little ass for me to be. Yeah. Saying what women can't do. Yeah. When I'm not the one that's going through it. Yeah. Now I, I still don't I don't love it. I don't like it. But it's not up to me. And I think that's a perfect example. Like I, I would say I'm pro choice for the world. I'm pro life for myself. Um but if something happens today, we probably have to have a very serious conversation because as you guys know and some of our listeners may know, like when my wife was pregnant with our last son she was on bed rest almost six months. That's dangerous for her. Anytime I got a random call from her, I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I've, I've rushed mm-hmm. my wife to the hospital, not knowing if she was going to make it before. And I, I can't put her through that. I can't put myself through that again. Um, And then oh, there's some people that know the situation better. You know, like they might be irresponsible, but they also like, like I know um, the chance of this little, little black baby getting adopted in this community are very slim. I know, I know I'm a piece of shit and I can't raise them. Like, there's people that really make the decision. Like, I do you bring somebody into a world where you know it's just going to be destructive and all this other stuff, you know? And I'm not saying they're making the right decision, but if it's a well thought out decision and that person truly feels like they're doing the best thing, who am I to say, you know? You're wrong, right? Um, uh, I think that's something we can always. I think people have to be open to letting people do what works for them, as long as it doesn't tread on their own personal lifestyle. Like, I'll never tell anybody they can't have abortions because I want that same right for myself. You know. I think people like, well, it's my religious belief and you just can't do it. And it's like, well, maybe that's not mine. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's to tell somebody what they can't do and you're not even going to help raise it. Right. (laughs) If she does have, it's like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah. But then you're the same. Let's be tough on crime. You know, when these, when these kids who enter, that might grow up in this neighborhood in a one parent household and the mom yeah. is teen mom or whatever the case may be, especially if you know the statistics in this neighborhood, 
and they just decide not to have a kid. And it's just not a black thing, but I'm just saying things that have been close to me where, you know, then that same baby, that mom, we were fighting to have the baby 15 years from now, you want to treat him as an adult and have him locked up for life. You know, um, there's no, there's no, Oh, my mom almost had her abortion and she didn't because uh, her religious belief. Do I get a mulligan? You don't get a, uh, yeah. get out of jail free card for that. When these kids end up, end up in the system and stuff. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I was a jerk that day. It happens, man. It happens. What made yeah. you so strong? What, what made you, your belief so strong? That's what I always question. Oh, like, how do we get our, how do we get our beliefs? These things that we fight tooth and nail for. I mean, it's like, when you sit down and think I, about it, what the hell? Why well, am I so well, angry? I always, I always thought it was wrong, but Tabitha and I, we went to a, um, it was a play. <laughs> I had no idea what this play was going to be about, but we had gotten free tickets from uh, a co-worker of mine. I was still in training for Capitol Police, as a matter of fact. But we went to this play and it was very graphic because, you know, they use acting on stage, but they also use video footage. And maybe you guys already knew this all along, but I was definitely ignorant to it. But just to see how developed they are in the very, very early stages, like I think for me growing up, I'm like, man, first three months is not really anything. But like they were showing images of, you know, aborted fetuses like within one month. And it's like, damn, like we really are killing living things. Still feel that way. It's just that I'm not, I can't be against something that I personally am not going to go through. I don't know what women's situations are or what they're going through with things like that. So I'm in no position to tell someone what they can and can't do when it's affecting their body and not mine. Yeah. And, and not just their body. Like you say, it's, it's their entire, it changes their entire lifestyle. Right. Cause most times the guys are like, yeah, I'll be there on the weekends or right. Or, or, you know, I'll give some child support, but, uh, you know, you still got it. So it's very, very different, man. And it's a very personal choice. And I I know we had that conversation about should guys have a say or not in it. And I, you know, it it ultimately comes down to, unless he's like, no, and I'm going to take the baby. And, you know, after this, uh, unless he's saying that, then nah, he really don't have a choice in it because it's 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 like you say, her body, her choice, her decision, her life that that has to kind of go into it. So, well, hey, hey, my wallet, my life still can't control your body, can't control <laughs> my wallet. I still stand behind it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just it was just interesting. I, I, a lot of times when I, I ask people, why do you believe that? Like, where did that come from? Not not questioning that it's wrong. Which is like. A lot of times we don't even know. Like you, Byron, you're one of a few people that just had like a visual. Like, okay, yeah, that, no, yeah, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> that was your, you know, what, uh, forks over knives type thing, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, nope, no, no, that's, yeah, that's how you become a vegan. <laughs> Versus, you know, I grew up in a church and. You know, I was watching Young Sheldon. I'm a, I'm a Big Bang Theory fan, and Young Sheldon's a really good show, uh, spin, uh, spinoff. And the oldest son gets a girl pregnant in one of the seasons, 
and the mom was so when they grew up in Texas um, and the mom was so hell bent on like well they need to get married now like in her mind because she grew up in a bat in her a southern baptist church and you get a somebody married the kid the boy is 17 the girl was 29 he lied to her uh about his age but it was still like her whole thing was they need to get married because how's that gonna make me look in the church how can Mm -hmm. i go to the church thinking you know knowing that my son had a baby out of wedlock and it's like and it, yeah, just to piggyback on that, it's definitely not some political or even religious reasons because those are the type of people that will be hypocritical. And when the situation is tough for them, they will choose abortion. We've seen it happen. Yes, yeah, it's literally happened. Like, like you said, like I, oh, you, you're not gonna be able to keep that baby. You're not gonna have me looking foolish up in church, yeah. or you know, maybe hypothetically, a congressman may get their mistress pregnant and. Don't want him to get out. Mm-hmm. So he forced her to have an abortion. You know, and he could be from Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Could happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we got one more question, man. Is that all the time we got for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm, I got a couple of questions. Okay. My question it's kind of, it's going to, it's kind of weird. Um, I'm going to give you a couple examples and I'm going to preface it with, when is it okay to be an asshole? And am I really, are, are we really being an asshole? So there was a situation, I sent you guys a video a few weeks ago uh, where there was a mother who was planning her son's birthday party, right? And she invited all the kids in this class to the birthday party except for one kid. And I want to say that one kid was autistic. And... The reason she decided not to is because the kid went to a previous birthday party and when it was time to open gifts and blow out the candles because he wasn't allowed to blow out the candles, he had an episode. And so for her, she wanted to avoid that whole situation. And um, she tries to teach her kids to be, you know, open and not mistreat people and not judge people based off of their, you know, things they can't help, you know, base people off of who they are, right? Their character. And so I, th- I don't know if you remember that question about Buff or that video, but it was a discussion about that. But then there was another video that I saw and it's not necessarily the same thing, but it's almost uh, around the, what do you owe other people where KG and Paul Pierce were talking about current NBA players resting during the season. And they were like, well, they never did it. They owe it to the fans who are paying their paychecks and, you know, buying the tickets. You know, people have come from all across the country and all across the world to see LeBron play and LeBron sitting out for the next three games. Uh, And, you know, they were just really talking down on him. My question is, at what point do you put yourself first or your interest first? You know, are you obligated to be the bigger person? Are you obligated to in the first situation, you know, potentially, you know, they were saying that person was just discriminating against the kid with autism. Right. Um, In this situation, you're being selfish and taking away from the fans experience. At what point 
or is there a point where you put your needs or your wants or your situations before those of others? Okay. So the birthday scenario, uh, the parent does not have to invite the autistic kid and I get it. Now I want to give her or any listener that may be in a similar situation, some options. You can talk to that kid's parents and say, Hey, this is my concern. You know, we have no issue with, you know, your child other than at the last birthday party, this is what happened. I don't want this to happen at my child's birthday party. And hopefully that parent will, I don't know, do something to try to prevent the kid from having another episode like that. Or that portion of the birthday party, he can be excused out of the room, go somewhere else. Your child blows the candles out, bring her back in, keep the party going. Now, for basketball players, because this this uh, comes up more and more each year as teams begin to rest players. For an NBA player, I don't blame him. I mean, and it, it does suck. You know, NBA you know NBA tickets are not cheap, especially if you're like a family of four. You want to take your kids, buy food, pay for parking. Man, you probably could easily be out of five hundred or more dollars without even having great seats. And then to get there, and LeBron doesn't play, or Anthony Davis doesn't play, and it's not because they're injured; it's because it's load management. <laughs> they're rested. This is what I'll say: I don't blame the players. That's something the league needs to do something about. It's up to the league to do something about it because ultimately, the league is the product. Players sign these contracts, and hey. The ultimate goal is to win the championship, rest your body as much as you can. Plus, it ain't even necessarily just rest. It's 82 games in the NBA season. And it's some, I mean, imagine if you play in Miami, my team. Imagine you play in Miami. You 60 games in the season. You got a game coming up in Milwaukee in February. It's freezing outside. It's not a glamorous city. I don't feel like playing today. Low manage me, man. I get it. It's 82 games of professional ball up and down the court. I get it. But it's up to the league to do something about it because ultimately your fans are where your bread and butter is. Your fans are the ones that are allowing you to get these big TV contracts. Your fans are the ones that are allowing these players to get 200, 300, 400 million dollars uh, for a contract. So you got to look out for the fans. So as a league, it need to be severe punishments on teams, on players, or, or coaches, or whatever it'll take to get them to stop them from doing this because it wasn't always like this, uh, but it, it's, it has become a popular thing. And statistics show that it doesn't even keep players healthy. Like Kawhi Leonard did all that resting. Paul George did all that resting, and they're, they miss playoff games. So you do all that resting, let down all these fans, and then come to playoffs, you still ain't available. So you might as well play but again, if I'm a player, who who doesn't want to take off from work? Who who doesn't like days off? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could you could say yeah, they make all this money. Yeah, they earn that money. That still don't mean you don't want any days off. To somebody else, to somebody that's working at McDonald's, I'm probably overpaid. I still like days off. So it's up to the league to do something about that. Yeah, and I, I truthfully, I hate to say it, but I think fans are gonna have to get over it a little bit you know they rest pitchers they they count pitch counts in baseball the same way right like oh he's hit his pitch count 
pull him out. He's not pitching this game or he's pitching this game. Like you, you, you might want to go see your favorite pitcher and he don't pitch that day or they skip him in the rotation because uh, they got another game two days from now that they really want him to pitch for. So they got to hold out like that's how it works in baseball and, and baseball folks kind of have gotten used to it. They understand it. Um, I think it's the same thing here. I do think you, you want to have a minimum count. Of, of games that they need to, to play in or something like that. They got it's almost PTO. like you say, give them, get, give them PTO, right? Yeah. Hey, you can sit out four games a season. That's it. Or five games a season. You pick which ones, y'all figure it out. So I do think the league needs to come in and kind of start setting some boundaries to it. Um, and, and it's like, hey, if they kind of same thing we do at work, right? If you go, if you need more days than what we give you in PTO, you got to go on FMLA and I got to put you on IR. Right, you got to go on injury reserve at that point, uh, and and announce that they're going to be inactive. So then the fans can not buy their tickets if they if LeBron's not playing, and you know they don't want to see him or something. Do something like that. But I I think we as fans have to get used to that because it is a lot of games and it's it's a lot of wear and tear. Because you you're talking about just the games, but it's practice on on top of that, right? Uh, it's the travel. They're traveling a lot more, right? So now it's I'm gonna fly from this city to that city, get one or two days to practice in that city. And then boom, I got two nights, three nights that I'm playing uh, that, you know, that team or whatever. Events, marketing. Events, marketing, all that stuff. Like it's, it's a lot of work. Kind of what I was talking about with Beyonce and, 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 you know, having that team around her, but it's still a lot of work. It's still a lot of extra work, especially your superstars that they're doing, right? Like, the, the seventh man, the eighth man on the bench aren't going to all those extra events, right? <laughs> so that, they're really, they're ready to get in the game. They're all refreshed. They've been at the hotel all day, you know? <laughs> they're ready to get in the game, but, you know, look, they, might get, they might get left. <laughs> Where Rise at? I, 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 I think he rode with Buff. Right. No, no, Buff so, right over there. <laughs> that's what I mean. So I, I, I think it is a time to be selfish, uh, but I do think that you know when you when you're at work, you have to figure out that balance there. But just in general, you you have to. We we talked a little bit about the power of saying no and and being able to say no. You know that's like the worst thing for me. I'm bad at saying no, uh, and so I, I have to be selfish and and I have to consciously feel selfish and know that I'm being selfish so I can't say no sometimes that's the only way I'm going to say no is to be selfish and be able to say I know I'm going to let this person down I know I'm not going to be able to do that for that person but I'm stretched too thin right now I there's nothing else I can do no I can't be on your board no I can't help you or whatever because I just got too much on my plate right now and so I I think being selfish is something that you have to inherently be comfortable doing and being or you're going to stretch yourself way too thin. And that goes for all these other uh, things. When you talk about letting people come to your parties and now you're stressed the entire time trying to manage that where you're like, look, I'm already wrangling 12, 20 kids running around my house all day. I don't want to have to add that extra stress of having your child there. That's going to get into a fight because they want to open the gifts when everybody else is when, when my child's opening their gifts or blow out the candles and stuff. So I like, I like what you talked about buff where have the conversation with the other party say here's my concerns your kids invited but during that time um i'm gonna need you to you know hey y- y'all gonna have to leave before it or like you say take them outside uh let them do something different while we do this thing because i don't want to deal with that meltdown um uh, if we know that that's what they do kind of every time uh in parties but i do think that you know just being a good like a good community neighbor 
inviting them and 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 that inclusiveness is something but you you probably need to have that conversation with the parent yeah because they invited if i remember correctly every kid in the class so if there's right. 20 that, kids invited i think 19. that's the difference and, and so a lot of times i don't invite every kid in the class just for that i know the kids that i want to invite out of sophie's class or out, out, out of ollie's class and those are the ones that get the invite those are but the that, ones that okay. i have their number in their in my phone because the kids have played outside of school those are the ones that get invited to their parties and that's what's so crazy guess what you just did what every kid you didn't invite you discriminated against for i didn't discriminate i excluded there's a difference okay <laughs> <laughs> and so so is there a difference with the the kid with autism yes because the reason or the reason why i'm excluding them is considered a protected class right it's it, there's a reason i'm excluding them that that child can't really control there's a difference of i'm only inviting sophie's actual friends right like look just because you're in the class with them doesn't mean you get invited to their birthday party if i've never heard your name if my child has never said your name when you came home i'm not inviting you and paying my little what is it 35 dollars each kid so that they can go to laser tag i'm not paying that 35 dollars for the kid that they don't have and that one for me that shows my child that you don't have to be friends with everybody I don't want my child to think she she has to be friends with everybody and she has to invite everybody and be cool with everybody. It's like be be friends with who are friends with you, be good to people who are good with you, and everybody else, they just got to get in where they fit in. But they're not coming in. They're not coming into your space. And you might and you might not get invited to everything. Either. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I want I want them to be comfortable with that. I I have yeah. to deal with that with Sophie and Ollie when Sophie gets invited to something and Ollie isn't because he's not even in the class he doesn't even know the kid but Ollie's like why does she get to go to the birthday party at the jump uh, place I'm like because that's her friend and and the same thing with Ollie going and Sophie's like well are we gonna go too I'm like no you stay at home with Haley like we're, I'm taking Ollie to his birthday party with his friends so yeah I mean I agree with both of you whatever both of you guys said I think um, it's crazy how quick we are to villainize people because they didn't do what we wanted them to do. And I think it, I, I, I was thinking about this after we had the conversation from last week with Jay-Z in the $4,800, right? It's people feel, ob- feel like you're obligated to do things. And if you don't do that, you're a villain, you know, Byron, mm-hmm. that well said, you came up with solutions. Everybody's not solution oriented like that. Everybody, you know, all you know is I'm I got enough planning this event. I didn't even I didn't even know that was an option. I didn't even think about that. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just like you didn't think about it. Now, maybe society, just like you said, the NBA needs to maybe uh change things. Maybe society needs to teach better tech tactics for dealing with kids who have uh, learning disabilities or any anything that makes them a protected class, and maybe there's that's in a student handbook. You know, like hey, as you have parties throughout the year, here are some helpful hints to, you know, help with certain kids. You know, whatever. And now you know, like it's like, oh, I would have never thought of that. Okay, you know, uh, just make sure he steps outside before we do this. You know, if you're inviting everybody, if you don't do this, or you know. Those are things because you're you're not when you're planning a kid's birthday party, you're not intentionally like, okay, how can I screw over the autistic kid? <laughs> right. You know, like that that's not it. It's just like, you know what? I love my kid, my daughter, I love my son. I'm just trying to make sure they have the best birthday ever. And I don't want anything to to go wrong. Hell, I don't invite their drunk uncle because he doesn't know how to act. 
you know, there's people you just don't and, and not comparing the two. It's just like at the at the end of the day, you're just trying to eliminate any outside noise or anything that can take away from that kid's special moment. And now I'm a bad person because I didn't worry about your child, because in the comments, that was one of the things is you had a lot of people who had kids who are on different levels of the spectrum um, and they were, you know, they were it seemed like they were triggered by the the video or the the comments and it was like oh yeah you're a piece of crap and it's like wow this person just wanted to have a birthday party for their kid and I mean you could say if he was the only black kid in the class and they didn't invite him you know would that be different I don't know uh, as long as it wasn't at a clan rally and you know uh I don't know. Same with the it's, NBA. It's that expectation of what what would change if you invited them, right? Like yeah. if they were black and you're excluding them, like what would that have changed the party? What made the party awkward well, by we inviting tell. the black kid? We can't tell black jokes. <laughs> and my racist daughter or my racist son can't do. You know, that's a good point. Um and with the NBA, same thing. I think, you know, people want off days. You know, I, I think it sucks. I've been in places where whoever I thought was going to play didn't play. And it's cool. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, there's days. Hopefully you're there for the team, not just that individual player, too. That That is also yeah, true. I'm not going to lie. I go to an NBA game or two every season and I try to strategically pick what game I think the star, I think the, I know the starters are going to play. But you know, like, they got hurt the game before. You know, you just never yeah, know. That, that, that's the thing too. Like even before the whole rest thing, it's always a risk because of, of injury and, and things like that. Suspension sometimes. Hell, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, sure there was a million people who were trying to get into that Jets opening uh, game. <sighs> Four plays in. Why am I here? Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I could have stayed home for that. So. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up, fellas. Well, um, Ferg, you did the uh, the moment of silence at the beginning of the show, which I just kind of want to. I my my out comments, my final comments were going to be sort of along those lines, and that I've heard some some very <laughs> in my forty five voice some very nasty nasty comments from some. Um, I'll just say prominent people because of where I work. I'll just say that. Uh, but like saying that we need to obliterate Palestine, we need to turn it into a parking lot. You do realize it's citizens in that country. Like I, I understand how Hamas operates out of there, but that doesn't mean every innocent person in that region, that area should be killed and wiped off the map. We really need to really realize that innocent lives are at stake, like you said, on both sides. So I just want to, like what Hamas did was was bad. It was terrible. It was all the adjectives you want to throw out there. But at the end of the day, you can't just champion killing other innocent people. That's not that's not the way to go. Well, I'll say this. Um, I'm glad you brought that, that up. For a lot of people, and I think Rosie and I have seen this firsthand. When you are sold a narrative mm. and you start believing that narrative, 
people start dehumanizing other humans. Exactly what's happening. And and yep. it's so like they become like actual villains in everything around them, you know, and I and I was I can I still remember like we've been in situations where we saw people who were hurt and like suffering young, like all this stuff. And no matter what they did, you saw them as well. We saw them as humans because they were you saw the fear. You can hear the fear. You can hear the pain. You can see all the stuff. And you're like, at this point, this person's like scared. And these, some of these guys are young. Even, you know, I'm not a sympathizer for Moss. I'm not saying that. But sometimes you don't even know how people end up in these type situations and how young these people are and stuff like that. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to protect them or anything like that. But going back to the civilians, it's amazing how quick people just buy into the lie that all these people are bad. I mean, you know, when we had all this anti-Muslim rhetoric, you know, years ago for years, being a Muslim was almost like a crime to some people. Right. Like they just saw Muslims as evil. <laughs> yeah, they just saw Muslims as being terrorists and being evil and, you know, deaf to mother. And it was just to this day still random Muslim hate crimes at a random mosque that has nothing to do with. There's no intel that there's anything wrong with this. But yet and still, people find a way to hate people. And it's so sad, you know, like, I mean, I, but hell. I was going to say, I still remember when Colin Powell was on Meet the Press and he said something along the lines of, what if Obama was Muslim? So what? And it was like such a, yeah. it was such like an aha moment. Like, oh, like we were so busy saying, he's not a Muslim. No, he's not. He's not a Muslim. And Colin was like, what if he was? That's okay. Yeah. I mean, and I believe that on so many things when it comes to sexuality and everything. Oh, he ain't gay. He's not gay. Okay. But what if he was? Like what? What's what does that change about this person? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's saying the things that you, and we've had plenty of Christian presidents that have never necessarily done anything. <laughs> you know, that is not the saving grace. <laughs> so my bad, Roger. So, my bad. Bro. Well, uh, well, yeah. The only other thing I had is um, Carly Russell, a judge with the state of Alabama, has ruled or at least recommended that she serve one year. And pay, um, I think it's $831 in fines and up to $18,000 in uh, restitution. And if you forgot, Carly Russell is the the woman who allegedly saw a baby on the side of an interstate and faked her own kidnapping and uh, returned like what was the next day or two days later. And it was found to be a hoax. So that just came down. But that's all I got. Uh, we try not to do these, but we do them pretty regularly, actually. Um, and so we have another police shooting down in Decatur. Uh, and so just wanted to bring that one up. It's, it's another one. Yeah. The Decatur police department killed Steve Perkins. Uh, he literally had a flashlight in his hands with his hands up. They ran around a house, saw him and um said they started shooting shot him like nine times or something like that uh before he was able able to respond so again people are asking for results body cam footage it was captured on a ring doorbell 
And that's the only reason how people under or knew what happened with it. Uh, you heard the police officers yelling, he's got a gun, that's a gun, that's a gun. But comes to find out, or what we do know is that it looked like a flashlight because you could see the flashlight shining in the ring doorbell as he moved around. But I just want to say thoughts and prayers to the Perkins family, the folks that have been affected down there. Hopefully we get the body cam footage uh, quickly so that we can know exactly what happened, what those police saw and and can make a really informed decision on it. But I want to commend the people that are down there and they're protesting and they're protesting peacefully. They are going to the courthouse. They're demanding answers, but there hasn't been any violence. There hasn't been anything that sparked anything. Uh, So good job to you guys on that. And and like we said, thoughts, prayers to everybody that's uh, involved in that. And hopefully we get some answers pretty quickly. I haven't heard about that, Rosie. So thank you for informing us on that. Um, So uh, we talked about this before. We've joked about it before, uh, Black Girl Magic. But once again, hats off to Simone Biles for being solidifying herself as the greatest gymnast of all time. She just won her eighth all-around national title, winning the gold. I mean, not national title, uh, world title. This year was actually different. They had, I think, for the first time, three black girls on the podium for the world title. Well, don't worry about it. Just first time they've had an all-black uh, podium ceremony for the all-around. So hats off to those young ladies. We'll just put their names in the bio for the thing. With that being said, Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop-style podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week. <laughs>